As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gilchrist-Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm Harold Sanders Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me... <laughs> Sometimes, not all the time, on Wednesday night, it's my good friend Alex Beers. Alex, what's up? What's up? I meant to uh, save my beer so I could crack it right when you introduced <laughs> me for a night pod, but I, I cracked it too soon, Andrew. Night pod. Got ourselves a Actually, night pod. Actually, hmm? I, uh, I went to the store across the street to get a beer for the night pod, Yeah, and I, I grabbed one that I always grab, Andrew, but they had put a different beer in the wrong spot. I walked home, Andrew, with a double IPA, 9% ABV. I said, I'm not drinking that on a Wednesday night. I went and returned it. You did. You went back and returned yes, it. Yes, and got a safer beer. This is 6.2%. Oh, okay. Um, are you like? Give, are you doing like a uh, just a one beer, a Zach Lowe one beer? Yes. I mean, they're tall. Yeah. It's a tall boy. <laughs> but yeah, I couldn't do If I did a tall boy on a Tuesday night, 9%. Yeah. It would. I wouldn't feel good. <laughs> it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be worth it. There's no reason. Uh, well, our Thunder boys were in Tulsa tonight. They played the Dallas Mavericks at the BOK Center. The BOK. Did you think the color was off on that picture? It was like in sepia tone or something. Just the whole gate. The whole broadcast yeah. looked yeah, yeah. bizarre. It definitely. To me. It looked definitely like Chris was. Fisher and Michael Cage were on a fisheye camera. It did well. They they actually are. Well, I don't know if it's like a fisheye camera, but they're on this like little bitty camera that's like right in front of them. Oh, really? Uh huh. Because my wife just kept going. Are they really that skinny? They look so skinny. <laughs> Chris Fisher. I don't what, know. what what dark realms have you gone to over the off season? Um, they lost. Not that it matters. <laughs> 98-96 to the Dallas Mavericks. No Luka Doncic tonight. But no Luka, no SGA. Seems fair. It's whatever. Um, starting lineup, only one change. 
Aaron Wiggins for Kendrick Williams, which is closer to the starting lineup that I predicted. Um, actually, pretty close to the starting lineup that I wanted. Um, I think I still for what um, for the preseason or for a regular season. Um, I just like preseason prediction, mm. but this is kind of close to it. It's fun. It's a it is a very fun lineup. Um, impressions, Al. Like first impressions of of this team of 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 who they uh, are. I mean, okay, so like big picture, I would say that the first two preseason games have got me pretty hyped, Andrew. Yeah, not not necessarily for this upcoming season. I mean, although I am excited, obviously, for the start of the season, but more just about the future of this team, because. You know, this is one of those things that like Bill Simmons would say that you like can't prove is wrong. But I would say like this is the most fun I've had watching the Thunder in preseason. Yeah, I, I've I've no I've no comparison. But this feels like the most fun I've ever had. I can't remember previous preseasons, but it's like each incremental change they've made with roster spots over the last couple of years as they remove a guy who doesn't necessarily fit the new Thunder mold and they add a guy who does fit the new Thunder mold. You're just seeing this team slowly form into what we've been talking about mm-hmm. for years now mm-hmm. of the type of player they're looking for and why they're looking for that type of player and the type of basketball that might occur if you put a bunch of those guys together. Yeah. Like thinking about now, I'm not talking about talent, but comparing like the current roster to the Katie Russ Thunder teams. Yep. Those teams were obviously way better, but the skill level on this team up and down the roster is like significantly higher than those teams. Oh, no the fact doubt. That you can, no the doubt. fact that you can have a guy who's like, I mean, Usman Jang is like the 10th man theoretically on this preseason roster because yeah. he came in with that second group of guys. Mm-hmm. Like he can do so much more than whoever was the 10th man, man back in the day. There's no and it's question. just It's just wild. Like there's no comparison. It's like a different sport almost and we're missing they're missing the three best guys wait shade shade dorton muscala no shade dorton chet oh yeah chet 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 i forgot about chet <laughs> i was thinking about and moose on the i mean per well, minute if you take a look no <laughs> the glass says no um i mean even i mean muscala is a guy that would have played on those Kevin teams yeah, too, sure. <laughs> you know. Actually, I mean, I don't know. They didn't value the three ball at all then, like they do today. But, but it's just, it's just, it's so much fun watching the team because there are so many guys who can put pressure on the defense. Yeah. Well, there's like, so many guys, day, so many guys to care about. Honestly. Yeah. Back in the day, it was like Russ or KD. If they're not doing something, hopefully someone else is just like taking a wide open shot that yeah. they not. You know. Yeah. On this team. Every time the ball gets passed, you're like, I don't know what this guy might do. Like, he might shoot it. He could attack the closeout. If he does attack the closeout, he might actually have, like, a really nice pass to someone on the interior. Or he might kick it out to someone else and we'll do it all again. Like, it is so much more engaging uh, to watch as a fan compared to, like, these last couple seasons. Because they just keep adding more of these guys who can do all these things. Yeah. It's very exciting. And you look at the the guys they started. I mean, there was there are a lot of times that Aaron Wiggins kind of brought the ball up the court. And you're like, oh, okay, what's going on here? And they they get it to giddy at the nail and they'd run some kind of action. But really, you can 
trust a lot of these guys with the basketball in their hands. And this is kind of what the Thunder are hoping to build toward in the next few years as a, as a team of like extremely versatile players that can play multiple positions that like we, we talk about positionless basketball, but for the most part, there are f- very few teams that you can say are truly positionless. And I think like the Raptors are definitely one of those teams. Mm-hmm. When I think about like who's actually positionless, the Thunder are moving toward that. I mean, you have six foot eight point guard and Josh Giddy who guards, I don't know, whoever on the other end. Uh, Poku, who's Poku's a real player. He's turning into what might actually be a real NBA basketball player. It's astonishing. The thing that I really noticed tonight is that his shot looks so much better. His shot actually has an arc on it. Dude, I think he read John Hollinger's article today in The Athletic because Hollinger had a little quip about how he had had zero angle on his shot. Yeah. And uh, Poku clearly read that, took it personally, (laughs) came out. And shot it with some arc. He did. That's that's all we want. Didn't it? I mean, it it looked normal. I mean, that's really all that I we've been asking for. And I right. I think I tweeted this in the last game that in the past two years, it almost looked like he was like trying to fold his body in half, just trying to like propel the basketball <laughs> because he just didn't have the strength. Not only does his shot look normal, like he looks more normal on the court too. Just like not like, oh my gosh. Not like so outrageously skinny that you're just like that is a skeleton, you know. So you're you're saying he's he's sturdier. You know what? My preseason bold prediction of him being sturdy. I don't even remember what my prediction was. Oh, it was like he shoot thirty nine percent. He does. Does he not look sturdy? I know you're making fun of me about it, but he does look a little bit more sturdy. You have to admit it. I mean, he just looks he just looks better overall. I mean, there are. I do not notice him in the ways that I noticed him in his first two seasons. Yeah. And and that's a good and bad thing because, you know, at the beginning we were excited because it's like, this guy could be anything. He had, after one game, he had a full two minutes of Shaqton and a Fool highlights. Yes. Exactly. And that was fun. And at the same time you were telling yourself, well, like, this is good. He wants to be the man. So, yeah. like, let, let's go with it. But there was that sequence in the second half tonight where I think he blocked a three-pointer and then he made a three mm-hmm. and then he had that pass. He had a pass that was, it was probably like a bad pass. It was a stupid <laughs> pass, but it was a pass inside, overhead pass to, I think, Aaron Wiggins, mm-hmm. who got the foul um, going up. And it was just like three plays, bang, bang, bang. And they were all just like really good plays. Yeah. Like that whole idea of him being a connector, like kind of filling in the the edges on this team. Like he's not standing out in the way he did that first year, but like this version of Poku is a real NBA player. Yeah. Whereas yeah. that version of Poku was more like dreams and and theory and like, yeah. oh, could you imagine if a seven footer could do all this stuff? Yeah. This is like a real guy. Yeah. Out there. Yeah. Who has I don't we don't know for sure that he's taken the starting spot. But... So okay, th- I am so interested okay. in the starting spot because yeah. obviously we know four of the starters. Like we feel pretty confident that Shea, Giddy, Dort, and Jerry are mm-hmm. going to be starters. We feel pretty confident that, Don't which leaves that. the power forward position. Now he has Mark Dagnall has started Poku the first two games, mm-hmm. but he's also played 
you know, Aaron Wiggins as a starter. He's played Kenrich Williams as a starter. Both of those guys who could play power forward. And in fact, he played Kenrich Williams at the power forward last year, 35% of the time, yep. according to Cleaning Glass. Mm-hmm. We've talked about J-Dub be p- potentially playing the four. Th- that's the one where like, I would be shocked at this point if he was a starter on day one. He's been the backup you, point guard for them. Yeah. So, but I'm talking about like being the starting power forward. Do you feel like right now you've seen enough where like you would bet that Poku is day one starter? Edge Poku. Yes. Edge Poku over, over like a Wiggins or a Kenrich moving them up or moving them down, I guess, to the, yeah, the to problem the is size, length that even with Jeremiah, they lack some length. And some size yeah. out there, and Poku, especially game one against Minnesota, <laughs> like they're probably not gonna. I know. I mean, they're gonna get probably trounced anyways. But I think you want that length. He's been using it well, and I was just I was kind of floored the other day because we went we went to the practice facility, talked to Chet, and then we waited for Mark to come out. Um, they served us some really delicious sandwiches in between those two interviews. Oh, really? What kind of sandwiches? It was uh, chicken, bacon, avocado. Ooh. It was delicious. What, what kind of bread they it put it on? Delightful. Was it like a, a, a roll or? No, it was a toasted, toasted wheat bread. Ooh, okay. Anyways, okay. It was delightful. Chips? Uh, had some chips. Had some mm. ruffles. Um, that was great. Anyways, then Mark comes out and he's talking. And I just ask him, just like, okay, what are you? And I think I talked about this on Monday, but just like, who do you see that's standing out? Like, who's, who's, you know, making making some moves? Who's who's playing well? And he mentioned Poku, and I just couldn't believe it. Honestly, couldn't believe it. And even then, like, I I was thinking, cool, he'll get to play some minutes off the bench. I mean, yeah. even after that, I was like, yeah, Baisley's going to start. I still felt like Baisley's going to start. But this version of Poku, who just plays within the flow of the game and shoots open threes and def- he defends pretty well. Like he's a, he's a pretty good defender. I'm not going to be say like he's some great defender. He's like defensive player of the year. I mean, he's just solid. And then he can make good passes. He can he can do some stuff. I mean, this is the guy that they want. Whereas. I I don't even want to like pile on to Darius because we've already got that going on online, but like he just doesn't quite fit the the role that they want that that position to play. And Poku somehow has grown into that. Like it's all it's it's kind of astonishing to me because what we last saw of Poku wasn't really this. Like we saw some glimpses of this in the second half of the season. He really did have a really good summer, and like really does understand what this team wants to do. And it's, I mean, I am, I am kind of blown away by it. <laughs> I don't know, and it's not like he's doing anything crazy. Like what his stat lines, like eight points, two assists, one rebound, one block tonight. And, you know, two of five from three. It's not like oh, it's not, not anything crazy, but it's just like oh, that's a. That just looks like an NBA player who's got incredible height and length for a power forward. You know, like that's, I mean, that's what I saw. Yeah, it was it, that first game, especially when they came out with the starting lineup. That that was like a real moment <laughs> for me. Like, I know. What wow. did you think when like, he's okay? That was that starting lineup blew my mind. 
Um, well, so so what it made me think of was like when Chet got injured, like when that injury news came out. Yeah, my first thought in terms of like who benefits from this on the roster was not Darius Baisley, but like now that I've seen the preseason, like. I don't know if Bays would get minutes if Chet had been healthy. Like if if Dagnall is going with Poku over Bays from the start, and we know that those other guys like Wiggins or Kenrich Williams or J Dub can play up to the four, and frankly have to play up if you yeah. want them to get any type of serious minutes this season. Mm-hmm. Like where would Bays have played if Chet was healthy? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. And it's and it's kind of unfair to Bays because like him being the backup center, it's really not. His ideal role, yeah, it's not Plan and A. So it is not Plan. Do you think we'll get an out of Plan A from from Bays? <laughs> that'd be that'd be great. Actually, I would enjoy <laughs> I that. I Would enjoy that a lot too. But yeah, so like, I mean, this worked out kind of nicely for Bays because I do think he will get some backup center minutes now. Though yeah. I'm thinking about Muscala coming back on the team and the way they played him at the beginning of last year. Mm-hmm. You know, 15 minutes a game or whatever it is. Like if you're playing JRE. 24 minutes a game you want to play Muscala 12 minutes a game like all of a sudden you're you're talking about like eight minutes at backup center Mm -hmm. I don't know if that math was right oh my god I hope that was right uh like I'm just saying like I I I went into the preseason thinking like they're still going to stick with Bays to some extent I thought so too and they have I mean he's he's played like you know yeah he's played in these games he played significant minutes yeah but at the same time thinking ahead I'm like he could be phased out of this rotation quicker than I ever thought because of the decision to go with Poku over Bays at the starting four. Yeah, to me that they've if if that's st- if that sticks and we get to the regular season and it's still Poku over Bays, which I I'd be a little surprised if they went this direction and then flipped it for the regular season, but I been talking about it for a little bit. I I think that there's a Hamadou Diallo like trade coming for Darius, just because I just don't I don't see the minutes there. Even like Jang, Jang can play the three and the four. Jang yeah. Jang is huge, and dude, de- and defensively he he's like he's, looks so he's tall. He he does on the court, and it's partly because he moves so well that you just yeah. notice like whoa. You know, like how does how does a guy at his size, you know, he almost looks like a creative player on 2K or something that you're like, just let's 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 go and put the sliders up on you know the way that this guy moves. Um, it looks like that. It's it's kind of wild watching him now. Offensively, he's got a lot to figure out. He can really do some stuff with the basketball in his hands, and you know his his shot doesn't look terrible, um, but he's got to figure some stuff out offensively. Defensively, that dude is just solid. He's, you can tell he thinks the game at a pretty high level just because the way he defends, he knows what to do. This dude is so young. He's so young. He's got, he's got a long runway. There's a lot to learn for him, but man, I'd rather like get that guy real minutes. Give him, give him the real minutes, please. Yeah, for sure. Like, like play Poku at the backup five. If you can get some minutes for Jang at the four, I totally agree. And, And what's, what's, wild though is that like okay we're missing Shea Dort and Muscala in from these preseason games in terms of guys who will legitimately play you know Shea and Dort are going to play 30 plus minutes a game Muscala we assume is going to play like 10 12 minutes a game at least at the start Jang is coming in with that second group with that bench unit and you're watching that 
unit thinking like there's a ton of guys on this unit that deserve minutes yeah, or that I'd at least like to see minutes, but then you add in Shea Dort and, and Muscala. I don't know if they're going to be able to find Jang minutes right from the jump. Like <laughs> I'm know, not going to be shocked if he plays zero minutes that first game against Timber against the Timberwolves, which is fine, but there are like, there's going to be some guys on this roster that like, I want to see mm-hmm. that they're just not going to be able to find minutes for at least initially We'll see if there's some injuries, and I mean there always are, but yeah, yeah I, I am, I am just like very, I don't know, I'm more hopeful for the future after, just in general, not even about basketball. I'm more hopeful for the future after these first two preseason games, yeah, than I was previously. Yeah, I feel like these first two preseason games have been like a proof of concept for me uh-huh. in terms of like throwing all these guys together because I talked about it when we were drafting all these guys, like yeah. when you're drafting a ton of guys who are, are coming from an environment where they were the primary ball handlers, like how is that actually going to work in practice? Like how, how do you make this work? And I feel like it's already working yeah, because these guys are so unselfish. That's the thing is the, and it's, it feels like so cheesy. It feels like, so like, it's very like hashtag thunder culture. Yes, and I you just hate like I hate to act like I'm not acting like it's this thing. Like these guys are like genuinely like good guys, and things can things can change where guys will have different goals as they move throughout their NBA career. But right now, frozen in time, this young group really is very willing to play for one another, and that matters. I mean, that's going to matter if this team is going to make it as far as we want them to. But they're they're missing, honestly, they're missing their two best players for this potential run that they can have in the next couple of years in Chet and Shea. And you plug those guys in to this group, suddenly, like, Trey Mann isn't somebody that you're counting on to be your shot creator, he's like on the other side of the court and people are like, oh crap, like we got to go check Trey and then that opens up something else or somebody. Josh Giddy is now, has all these weapons and it feels like he has a lot of weapons around him now. Like just wait till he has Shea and Chet around him and like not to mention what the 23 pick could potentially be as well. I mean, there's a real team forming, like you said. Like there's a real team forming here that you can see even in a year's time, looking at it and saying, like, yeah, this team is gonna compete. Like they're they're deep. They are they play together. It's it's pretty wild. Um it is it has been fun to see. It's only been two preseason games, and I don't wanna like overstep or feel like we're speaking hyperbole, but Yeah. And that's why I like want to make the focus on like the future as opposed to this season because yeah. I'm fully prepared for like the season to start and them to get like blown out by the Timberwolves. I think they're or, or, yeah. I think they're going to lose probably five of their first six games. Like I think that's a that's probably going to happen. Yes. So it's less about that. Although I will say that like I'm less bullish on them being like a bottom three four team. In the league, yeah, like, I, I just think they're too organized, they're too disciplined. Oh yeah, um, 
I, I, was, I was tweeting back and yeah. forth with OKC Skittles on uh, Twitter about oh. this. Well, like you compare them to these other teams at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Th- this is just way more of like a, a unit and an idea that night to night is just going to win some games. Yeah. Because they're so well drilled. And because the seventh or eighth or ninth or tenth guy that you bring in, there's not going to be a huge drop off there because, again, they keep adding these guys that fit the mold of what they're looking for this team going forward. Yeah. It's a huge credit to to Mark and his coaching staff. It's like a, it's a really young coaching staff. <laughs> you know, they've got several guys that played for the Thunder, you know, that are on the coaching who, staff. Who? Who who's all there? I mean, Eric Maynard's on the on the he's a player development oh, okay. coach. Um And then what's his name? Well, well, Nazi Muhammad is a GM of the Yeah, Nazi Muhammad is a GM. Um the guy who coached, gosh, I'm his name is shouldn't have brought it up andrew you knew i I was gonna ask you (laughs) i know thanks for asking (laughs) but it's it's astonishing this is a this is not only a young thunder team this is a really young coaching staff too yeah uh mike wilkes mike wilkes played for the thunder um like dave bliss is young uh i mean this is it's it's pretty wild what they've done not only and the development of this team and the players, um, but man, the the development of the coaching staff too has really been something. And I I I really want to sit down with Mark at some point and tell his story, just because it's insane. I mean, it's it's absolutely an insane story, and he's done such a good job with this group, and I hope. A lot of people are like, oh, is Mark going to be the the coach of the future? Like, who knows? Like, I have no idea if he's going to be the coach of the future. But I I sincerely hope that he is, <laughs> just because I yeah. think that he deserves a real chance to be that, because of what he's done, even you know, so far. And you know, they haven't won anything. They haven't done a whole lot. But you can just see like a real team, like just like cooking, and like this is eventually yeah. going to be something. And that's why, like. So I mentioned the John Hollinger article earlier. Yeah. If you're not an athletic subscriber, well, you got to subscribe to support us. <laughs> but uh, the athletic.com slash down to dunk for I thought, $1 a month for six months. I thought it was uh, a worthwhile read because, you know, we live in this OKC bubble. Yeah. And it, I think it's actually good to hear from a natu- national perspective that has more of a negative outlook on the team. But I would say I came away from that actually feeling good because. I feel like if the Thunder are going to really make it, like really exceed expectations, mm-hmm. it's going to have to happen in a unique way. Mm-hmm. It's going to have to happen in a way that is not immediately apparent mm-hmm. to everyone who casually watches the team. Yep. And so reading his article, like he wasn't hitting on any of the stuff that we're talking about, like in yeah. terms of this this team idea with all these playmakers coming together. And that kind of gets me excited mm-hmm. because I like I was mentioning this online. Like, if you compare the the worst teams in the league, like talent for talent, like I think there's argument. If you want to say like Detroit has the best core, or I, which I don't actually agree with, but if you want to say like Houston has the best core, sure, or or whoever it is has the best core, Orlando has the best core. I th- I think those arguments are fine, mm-hmm. but I think where the Thunder set themselves apart is that they aren't just drafting talent. 
which is to be honest is what we talked about at the beginning is what we wanted them to do like yeah. take bpa every single time swing, which frankly swing. is what houston has been doing yeah. which will be interesting to see how that plays out mm-hmm. they haven't been doing that they haven't been necessarily doing bpa every single time they've been creating this team philosophy around all these guys who can handle and make decisions and that is a unique idea so like I totally understand an outside perspective who just hasn't clicked for them yet. Because frankly, before seeing all these guys in preseason, it hadn't really clicked for me. You know, I I was still very hesitant about the idea that, oh, you're going to bring all these ball handlers. Well, won't they, like, how will they all learn to just function off the ball automatically? Like, how do you teach that to multiple guys on the team who, who kind of have been preparing for years to be ball handlers in whatever league they're going to play in. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I just think this is a very fun experiment. Yeah. And it's a different experiment than what's going on in the other markets that are bad currently. And, you know, we'll see how it plays out, but I, I'm, I'm intrigued by OKC because it does feel unique. Yeah. Well, and people are all excited about Detroit because they made this trade for Bogdanovich and, you know, the the Hawks were applauded a couple summers ago because they made moves to bring in the other Bogdanovich, and they wanted to, to do all these other... They brought in Gallinari, and they did these things, and everyone was like, oh, very good, very, very good. Um, and, and you got you got delayed gratification on that. I did. I was got it, very... Yes, on the Hawks. It was very delayed. It was, it was extremely delayed. delayed. They went to the conference finals, <laughs> but then came a little crashing down. But you're... This is where you don't skip steps. Like these are the moments where you don't skip steps. You trade Jeremy Grant. Good job, Detroit. You traded Jeremy Grant. Now you can really just develop these young guys and try to figure out what you got here and then get another high pick. Well, they brought in a guy that's gonna help, but still are the Pistons confident that they even have a good second best player? Well, that's dude, I was watching and I don't want to overreact preseason, so I didn't tweet about it. Yeah. But watching Detroit in the preseason against the Knicks. Yeah. Like, I cannot believe that that team is a year further along than Orlando, Houston, OKC. They have had an entire extra year of having a top pick in the draft. Yeah. And in my opinion, it does not feel like they are that much different from those other three teams. Right. Like, Houston, Orlando, and OKC have all had been through two drafts now Mm -hmm. where they have had a, you know, choice selection at the top whereas Detroit has now had three they've won around 20 games now three seasons in a row now entering the fourth season yeah like I, I, that is just like not talked about at all yeah and and it will be it will be I already made my bold prediction Andrew first yeah. coach should be fired it's going to be talked about because I watch that team and I'm like that is not that's not that's not a 30 win team dude yeah. that bench that they have it's Marvin bad. Bagley, they're counting on Marvin Bagley to be like a legit 20-minute, 25-minute tonight guy on that yeah. team. I've got I've got bad vibes <laughs> out of Detroit. No one's no one's sniffing it out yet, but I've sniffed it, Andrew. <laughs> and it smells stinky. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I mean, and you hope that OKC I I think there's one of the, the beauties of this season is there really is truly no pressure. Unlike anything to happen here, there's uh, not. Next season there will be a ton, but this season, next season there's a lot. There's a lot of pressure incoming. There's pressure on Detroit now, but to me, I'm just like, just let it, just let it play out. Don't, don't press that freaking button. And you know, 
Because what they'll because if they do make progress and Bogdanovich is their second best player or third best player, like look what happened. Like Gallinari was one of the best players on the Hawks, and then like his career well, is I mean, like basically over. You know? Yeah, Bogdanovich is like thirty three or thirty four, and he's an expiring contract. Yeah, what are you going to? He could what, go play with any contender that he wants yeah, to. Yeah, he, next could, he could just to. walk, and then if you don't have the guy to replace him. Then, like, your progress is just, like, deleted almost. Dude, um, I I know this is stupid because we're still thinking about the draft, but if Chet had been healthy, oh, my God, I would have been so high on this team. I know. I would would have easily picked them to finish ahead of Detroit. Yeah. I I think... Like, OKC makes so much more sense to me than Detroit does right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you were starting... And the... I'm even more sad about it now that I know that there was actually a chance that Poku and Chet start next to each other. Ah! You know, ah! the thin towers that everybody was making fun of. They're like, oh, there's no way. Poku sucks. Poku's never going to play again. You know, um, uh, he's an alien. He's an alien. Space Get him game out of here. spaceship. <laughs> it's so great that Mark said that. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like, that's what we all feel inside, like deep into our souls. Um, but yeah, knowing that there's an actual chance that Poku is the power forward, which pro- they probably give it to Jeremiah, but um, yeah, even so, there was a chance. Even so, that we saw uh, this too. Gosh. We should probably mention just a few guys. I just want to mention. Yeah, let's Giddy. go through. Yeah, let's go through. Let's go through the roster a little bit. And talk about these guys. Well, before then, let's take a quick break, and then we'll, <laughs> on the other side of this break, we will talk about. Uh, individual players, and less team concept. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. 
You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And we're back after that quick break. Al, let's talk Josh Giddy. Oh, Jay, Jay just uh, uh, commented, y'all trash Charlotte yet? No, Charlotte's, uh, Charlotte is trash. They're trash. Yeah, I'm worried about I'm worried about Charlotte. I know. <laughs> I'm a little worried. <laughs> I, that, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know how that's going to go. That Lamella-Wimby combo would look pretty, pretty nice. Oh, man, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah, I am interested to see. Uh, obviously, watched the 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 Wimby Scoot show uh, yeah, last man. night, That's and I crazy. I am interested to see because everyone's immediate reaction was like, "Whoa, the tank race is going to be so hot and heavy this year." Yeah. At the same time, like you know, Tony Jones for the Utah Jazz is all talking about you know, oh, the Jazz are really going to try every night, and and even Zach Lowe will talk about like the Jazz have some players. <laughs> And I'm like, dude, Danny Ainge is not going to let this opportunity pass him by. You better not. You I better not. I have to believe he is willing to do anything it takes to get them good odds. Like there will be teams, yeah, that that genuinely tank in the same way that OKC tanked the last couple seasons. And I hope it is noticed. Well, people forget. People forget that the Celtics were supposed to get a top two pick in the Durant Odin year. Yeah, when they fell to five. They fell to five, and then they just figured it out and ended up falling just, you know, backwards into a title team. And it was great. It was awesome for them. But the original plan was that they were going to get Kevin Durant. (laughs) Yeah, they're tanking their asses off. And I fully believe that Utah will do the same thing this year. I do, too. That's, yeah, I, I... I think they will have a bottom three record. I would like, I would almost bank that. Um, okay. Individual players, Josh Giddy, What a guy. Um, what a guy. he, he really had his floater going tonight, yep. which is so dangerous. We've, we've, we talked about previously, uh, the comparison of Russell Westbrook and got Josh Giddy, where like both put a ton of pressure on the defense, mm-hmm. but do it in completely opposite ways. Oh, yeah. Like Russ, Russ's pressure on the defense was based on his explosiveness, his athleticism, how quick he was. Like the second he made a decision, you were already too late. He's a semi he going to the He's rim. just a semi truck, just barreling yes. toward the rim. You're screwed. Whereas Josh, you know, he, it doesn't look amazing he's when a, he starts he's driving. A hot, he's a hot air balloon. He's a hot air balloon. He's very slow, <laughs> but there's always that threat that he's about to make some pass that you haven't even conceived of yet. Yeah. Yeah. And and I really think that like slows everything down on the court. Yep. Because because guys don't know what he's about to do, which gives him that floater. 
and when that floater's going in, it's like I don't look so good. Know how you guard this guy, even with even if he doesn't have like an amazing three point shot. Yeah, his if he can just get to the floater, good. it's gonna work. Yeah, his touch looks really good. He had that one on the baseline. It was really really wasn't a floater, but it was like a one legged shot. Yeah, I, I haven't seen him take that shot. Yeah, ever. <laughs> I think the uh, commentator was it Cage that said that he tries that in horse. I think that's what he said. Oh, he tries it in horse? Yeah, he said that's one of his horse shots, but he misses it every time. But he misses it every time. <laughs> um, little tease, Andrew Gaze, who is legendary Australian basketball player. He has known Josh since Josh was a baby. Um, he played with his dad and for the Melbourne Tigers for a long time, won two titles with them. Uh, he's in town to just with the Adelaide 36ers. And okay. I, I got an exclusive interview with with Andrew Gaze today. And so that interview will drop Monday. Nice. And we talk a lot about Josh, mostly about Josh, a little bit about uh Gaze's career. But he's uh he's it was awesome. He's great. So look for that Monday. And that game is uh well, depending on when you're listening to this, it's Thursday night. Thursday night. Yep. In OKC. Yep. Not not in Australia. That's good Correct. that they didn't make the fly to Australia. That <laughs> would have been Tulsa? tough. That would have been, <laughs> to, have been a tough turnaround. To, to Adelaide. <laughs> Who is the isn't there an MBL player, a, a next guy in Adelaide playing for Ad, Ad, is it Adelaide, Adelaide or Adelaide? Adelaide? Adelaide. Yeah, I'm I don't know enough about it, to be honest. We didn't we didn't talk about the thirty sixers much. We okay. I, I really just wanted to focus on Josh for the most part. Um, but yeah, it was cool. I met him at the, have you ever been to the, the national, the hotel downtown? I have not. It's beautiful. Is it named after the band? It's, it's mostly band themed. No, that's it's, cool. It's, it's a beautiful hotel. Um, but Josh, Josh looks great. Just like completely under control. Like just knows how to, he's just a basketball player, man. Like he just looked, he looked great tonight. His first quarter, he played really well. He finished with 13. Three and two. He had three steals. Three steals has got to be close to a career high for him, right? I believe four is his, or he's he's either never had four or four is his career high. Okay, so yeah. someone tweet that. Yeah, that seems that seems about right. But yeah, um, he looks great. So second guy I wanted to mention is uh, Aaron Wiggins, just because I had real fears during the summer that like there just wasn't going to be minutes for him, mm-hmm. and we'll see. Maybe there won't be. But the fact that Mark has been so willing to go to him in the preseason. He's he's just good. He's just a, a good basketball player. Defensively, he looks awesome. He looks I just so feel good. so much more confident now that he's actually going to get some minutes. And maybe it only ends up being like 15 minutes a night or whatever, yeah. just because there's so many guys that need minutes on this team. But I'm I'm feeling much more confident that he's not just going to kind of have to ride the bench and you hope for an injury just so that he could get some any kind of minutes. Like it feels like he is a part of this rotation. And it's tough to figure out the rotation right now, but the fact that he started makes me feel like, okay, like Aaron Wiggins is going to be a part of this rotation one way or the other. Whereas someone like Jay Will, for instance, I would be shocked if he got minutes initially at the start of the season. Yes. Yeah, he's like getting garbage time minutes in the preseason. Yeah, same with Lindy Waters, who I like, but yeah. like, I'd be surprised if he's getting minutes just because of how many guys are on this team, especially at, at that position, like the guard wing yeah, we position. Don't, we don't know what Dort's timetable is, but 
I mean, when Dort's back, like there's just no minutes. Yeah, but it feels him. like Wiggins is there. Like he's made it. Like he, he's going to be in this rotation. I think so too. He's just he he plays really hard. He's a really good defender, and he his shot looks improved. He shot. I mean, he shot lights out in the first game. He's four four from three, but even like going three of three from the free throw line tonight. You know, he the he just lets the game come to him. You know, he doesn't try to do too much. He's like a great role playing wing. And to get that guy where they did in the draft, you know, is incredible. Who knows who knows where this goes from here? Because we still these guys still haven't been put in like the pressure cooker of winning basketball games and like the pressure of winning. And what does that look like? And who steps up in those moments? Like I I have little doubts about Shea, Giddy, Dort, Kenrich. Like, I feel like those guys, and I feel like you can throw Jeremiah in there too. Like, Jeremiah seems like a guy that is not going to be rattled by the winning pressure cooker. But I think everybody else is like, heck, I don't know. You know, I mean, I was just thinking about this today. Like, year two of Jeff Green, what did we think about him? You know, like, what did we think about him and, like, the future that that was going to be held for him. You know, I'm sure that we thought really yeah. good things cuz he had a he had a nice rookie season. Yeah. And you just sure. think oh, this guy's just going to get better, he's going to improve, he's going to get stronger, like maybe he'll handle a little bit more. And it's just like ultimately didn't work out for him here. You know, and there's somebody that looks really good right now that we're really excited about heading into year 2, 3, whatever it is that's just ultimately not going to work out here. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know why that thought I was, I was mowing my field out there and just thinking about Jeff green. Um, <laughs> but I was just thinking about that. Like there's, there's guys that look good. Cause Jeff green looked good. Jeff green, like had like game winning shots and had like these insane dunks at times on guys and played yeah. really solid defense. And you're like, yeah, this guy's, this guy's great. I don't even remember what my thoughts were though. Like, do you remember having Jeff green thoughts? Um, I mean, it, 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 that was such a strange time because you had like KD and eventually Russ. Yeah. Where you were, where eventually with Russ and definitely with KD, like you were thinking like pie in the sky ideas oh, yeah. of what they could become. Yeah. And so with Jeff Green, there was never a need for him to become that. Yeah. So you were always just like, if he could just, like, why can't he just be the third guy on a championship team? Mm-hmm. And, you know, in retrospect, that's that's actually, like, really hard to do, it's to really be to do. the third guy on a championship well, team. Well, and then Serge Ibaka emerged from, yeah. like, obscurity, honestly. Like, he was right. a guy that, like, we didn't even know if he was going to play for the team the year that he came over, and then he played, you know, some minutes and looked pretty good, and then turned into something that's that's it's also the stage that they're in now is like somebody on this roster is going to be the next like surge you know that's going to take one of those yeah. starting spots and like be a really good player it could be jeremiah it could be jang i thought jang looked really good jay's in the chat um saying what about jang and and that's why i'm trying to think of these guys more as like rotation players and that's it like i'm, yeah. I'm just how many rotation players do we have on this team? Oh man, who's, Does who's Darius Mark make th- the rotation? Like honestly, if if they're gonna play Muscala, I I don't know 
if Bays will get minutes. I know. Like, Bays has not looked good. He, tonight, <laughs> he had a, he had a, he had a really rough sequence where he like passed the ball in from out of bounds. It was immediately stolen. Yeah. And then he had something, something went wrong on the offensive end. I, I, I don't know what, the future holds for Bays. He he's one of these guys where like he obviously can put up stats. Like even tonight in 19 minutes, eight and six. Like in in 19 minutes, that's pretty good. Like eight and six, and and he's done that previously. I remember when I think it was last year or the year before where he finished the season with like 12 and seven. And the guys who had done that at his age it was like a very short list. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he just. Everything we've talked about in terms of the guys that Thunder are looking for, he does not fit that mold. Like if Poku is a connector, like Baze feels like a disconnector. He <laughs> like things just he he has more record scratch moments yeah, no. than any other guy on the court. If if he's running down the lane, he can catch the ball and finish. Like yeah. that is when he's at his best. Even like when in he transition, is, he is, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he is sprinting down the lane, like. I have no concerns about his hands. Like he can catch the ball and he can finish at the rim if if he's like gets a head start. Yeah. It's when he's gets the ball at the top of the key and everything takes like a half a second longer than it takes everyone else yeah. on the court in terms of like making a decision of what he's going to do next. Yeah. And so it just slows everything down a little bit. And I don't know. Th- there might be a better situation for him elsewhere in the league where they could fit him into a role on a team that makes a little bit more sense for him. I I just I mean I've always struggled with Bays, but especially mm-hmm. now yeah. with all of these new guys entering the team, sure. where you just see them like making decisions super quick and then the ball gets passed to Bays and you're like, "All right, what is he going to do?" Like cuz you still don't believe in the shot, obviously. I mean, I think he had two air balls in that first game. Mhm. And then he's he's still doing those drives, man. Every drive he makes, it's he's like, doing I have it. no idea what's about to happen. Yeah, he's doing any them. anything could happen right now. Yeah, no, I just can't stop thinking about my all can all disconnectors, you know, team. All disconnectors. <laughs> that'd be that'd be a fun way to describe like a potential prospect. He's a disconnector. He's a disconnector. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's lots yeah. of disconnectors in the NBA. Um. There are, <laughs> and like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I I'm kind of with you. Like, if, if a trade does materialize, I don't think the Thunder would hesitate, even though they do have a lack of front court options right now. Yeah, I, I don't think they would hesitate on that. I mean, it is so hard to imagine him getting a second contract with the Thunder right now. Yeah, yeah. If, it's really hard to do. Yeah. Even yeah. more than Hami, honestly. I know Hami played really well at the start of the season. Yeah, he whenever did. Whenever he got traded. Uh, Cam Thomas, ultimate disconnector for the, uh, <laughs> for the Nets. Uh, okay, let's talk about the... Let's, let's just walk through a potential rotation, full squad. So... Oh, Giddy, Shea, Dort, Poku, JRE. Gosh, saying that out loud just makes me feel really good. If I'm being, if I'm being honest, it's just great, great to say all those names all in a row. Uh, and we're thinking like thirty plus minutes 
for Shea Dort Giddy and maybe yeah. like 20 to 24 minutes Poku Jerry. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. J-Dub has been the backup point guard so far. I don't see any reason to not make him that. Not yeah. I mean, he can guard multiple positions. He can play multiple positions, but they obviously want him playing point guard for some reason. So let's put him there. Uh, Trey Mann, who we haven't talked about really. Yeah. Trey looks really good, man. He looks great. Yeah, he's a very nice guy to have out there with Giddy specifically because I just feel like, I mean, it happened tonight where Giddy was able to generate him a couple of wide open threes. Yep. And there's probably no one else on this team other than maybe Muscala that you want in that position. And so I, I really hope that they pair them together on like a, a, a second unit. Yeah. Where maybe you'd have Giddy, J-Dub, Trey Mann playing together. Yeah. And maybe that's where you get minutes for Kenrich at the four. Mm-hmm. And then whoever you want to play at five. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for Trey. I think that but he, yeah, he could be the so microwave you, scorer off the bench that this team needs. So you just mentioned six-man, J-Dub, Trey yep. Mann, six, seventh men. Yep. And then we think Kenrich is going to play. So now we're up to eight. He's got I mean, he just... He just has to play. I I, th- I just think that you you bring in Kenrich, he just has to play. And so now we're, we haven't mentioned Wiggins yet, and we're at the ninth man. I know. And th- that's that's what's so crazy. Like we haven't mentioned Muscala, we haven't mentioned Jang. Yeah, we haven't mentioned we haven't mentioned Bays, Bays. Obviously, yeah. This is this is kind of what if Muscala is going to play. I'd just rather play Us at the four, and not mess with the Baysley minutes. That's just where I'm at, and that's. I think a lot of fans feel that way too. Uh, they're still, if you're a fan of Basil, like I don't, it doesn't bother me. It's like whatever. If you want to be a fan of him, that's that's great. Like he needs support. But if we're talking about the development of the future of the Thunder, I really just think you need to play Usman Jang. I just that's just what that's just where I'm at with it. You just got to play Jang. He looks like he's ready to play some minutes. Not significant minutes. He's got a lot to learn. But to me, like the way you learn is like throw him out there against second units. See what he can do against these guys. Let him develop the skills that you're wanting him to. You know, I I just yeah. think that's the best environment to do it. And this is where you figure out who's a guy and who's not. I mean, that's I mean, this is just what you do. And I think I think we've seen enough of Basley. Maybe they'll give him one more chance. Um, to kind of figure it out. But I think, I mean, to me, the Poku flag has been planted. And it's. That's how it feels. Like, I, that's why I'm glad we didn't record after the first preseason game because at that point I was still wondering, like, well, maybe Mark is going to switch it up, like, rotate guys into the starting lineup. Yeah. You know, maybe he starts Poku game one, he starts Bayes game two, and he sees yeah. what he got. The fact that he went Poku back-to-back games. And we'll see what he does tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. But that that was pretty telling to me. Yeah. That makes me think, like, Baisley's closer to being out of the rotation than he is to having, like, a locked-in 25 minutes a night. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're going to play Muscala, then now we're at 11, guys. <laughs> yeah. And, like, you... And that's There's before so Baisley. many minutes that you Baisley. want... Yeah, you want to get from those guard wing guys. Mm-hmm. Like we we talked about it. Like I want 
Wiggins playing on this team. Yep. I want Kendrick playing on this team. I want Jada playing on this team. Those guys cannot play unless they get some minutes at the power forward. Yeah. Because you yes. have Shea, Dort, Giddy, Trey Mann. Like you have to move some of those guys up and give them power forward minutes. Otherwise, they're not going to be able to play. And that's before even introducing the idea of Usman Jang. Yeah. And then the crunch gets even crazier if we fast forward even further to at the beginning of next season. Because then you're adding Chet plus whoever they get in the tw- with their 23 pick. <sighs> yeah. I mean, some someone will flame out this year that Somebody that we're talking about glowingly right now, yes, will not be as great as we believe they are. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, especially if... if I mean, we've kind of locked in JRE. Yeah. Based, based mostly on like his defensive skills. Mm-hmm. And and we talked about him when Chet was healthy. Like He, he is the most likely front court mate with Chet. Yes. Because he, he adds a little bit of size that you're missing with Chet. And it just kind of makes sense especially because he shot 35% from three last year, although he has not... I don't know if he's made a three yet in preseason. But yeah, like, if you're planning on playing Jerry and Chet, like, yeah, the roster crunch is insane at that point. And I... I, I, I mean, it, it's it's obviously terrible that Chet w- is injured this season, but at least that opens up some minutes for some of these guys to figure out what we have yes. before next season. And it's great that it's guys that I feel like you can. It's okay to invest your time in, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's, it's totally. okay. Like this is not, and no disrespect to Isaiah Roby, but this isn't an Isaiah Roby. Dude, no disrespect to. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, uh, to Teo. No, <laughs> to Teo, Malina, or Svi Mahaluk, who, yeah. who is still in, or still in the NBA, or Veet. Like, all those guys were cool, but I do feel like we've upgraded at those positions. Yeah, um, without a doubt. To, without to, a doubt, to where the the prospect level is much higher than it was previously. Yeah, yeah. So that gets me super excited. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's so crazy to think two years ago how many minutes Teo played. He played the most minutes on the team. He played the most minutes on the team. He's not and good. now we have a roster where like Teo would not get a single minute on this roster. He might not even practice with them. They wouldn't even let him practice. They wouldn't even let him practice. They would make just, him sit on the side. They just they'd walk him up to this to the uh, to the club level and say, "Hey, you want to check out the club level?" Uh, it's time. I'm glad he got that tour uh, by clutch timing by him. I don't know that he got it. <laughs> oh no! I Maybe when he, when Houston comes back. To OKC and you think plays. he's going to make the Rockets? I mean, honestly, why not? <laughs> I mean, who's honestly? They don't. I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say when he comes back for Thunder Legends night. No, I was thinking though, like the Rockets, like KPJ is like their starting point guard. Josh Christopher, like um, my point is that they don't really have like a pure like traditional point guard type on the roster, do they? Or I guess they got Kennedy. Uh, Kennedy Is his Chandler. Name Kennedy Chandler. I mean, I guess that's another guard. I don't know. I, I I think there's a potential for Teo to make that roster and bring something that they don't really have. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I mean, of all the guys we sent down there, although people are acting like Favors is gonna gonna stick, and then they'll move him somewhere. 
Yeah. Hey, sure. Andrew, before we go, I forgot I had to do this. I have to wish someone a happy birthday. Okay, yeah. I do got to go, but yeah, go ahead. I would like to wish a happy birthday to Callum. Not my son. Oh. My son's name I is also say, Callum. I was like, it had, it's definitely not been a year. We, we've got to nope. check the... <laughs> What's in your in your can? I have to wish him a happy birthday every month. This is four month birthday. No, this is a <laughs> uh, uh, a listener of the pod whose grandmother happens to be friends with my mother, and wow, found out really? that, that this was the pod and uh, sent her a text request to uh, if I could wish him a happy birthday wow. through text. I said no, thank you. I'm not going to wish him happy birthday through text. I will announce it on the pod. There you go. So happy birthday to Callum. Happy birthday, li- who, who I'm assuming is listening. Hopefully he's listening. If he's not listening, I mean, is he really a fan at that point? <laughs> I mean, obviously not. Uh, hey, I did. Oh, yeah, I did tell you this. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Well, no, I won't. Okay. Okay. Never mind. Uh, Keep going. <laughs> Ty Ty Washington. Pad Ty Washington, what'd you say? Ty Ty Washington. Oh, by the way, I have Pad Ty on the way. Oh, Our Thai food when oh, we really? started the pod is oh, on the nice, way. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Dacian Nix, other point guard. Oh, Dacian Nix, yeah, he's a he's a point guard. Thick Daddy point guard. Um, okay, thanks so much. For, thanks so much for listening. Come on, thank you for listening to the podcast. Oh wait, Kennedy Chandler was on a different, totally different team. He's on yeah. the Grizzlies, isn't he? Yes, yes. I'm like, yeah. where right. is he? He's definitely not on the Rockets. Yeah, he's on the Grizzlies. Yeah, sorry yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. Ty Ty Washington. Well, there you go. I don't know if Teo's going to make it. I'm sorry, Andrew. Yeah, I don't think he will. Rough way to end the pod. Um, that's okay. We have regular season games just around the corner. Two weeks from tonight. Two weeks from tonight. Opening night. Wednesday. It's going to be great. Hey, listen. Down to dunk night, November 3rd. It's a great night. Alex, you were there last year. This is part two of down to dunk night at the Thunder Arena. So what we will do is we will meet at the Tap House, which is in the Omni at 530. We'll have dinner. We'll meet and greet, hang out. It's going to be fun. And then we will walk over to the game together as a group. There are, so we had just uh, upper level options last time. This time we are going to have a lower level option too. So if you want to buy a lower level seat, you can, or upper level, it doesn't matter. After the game, we will get to go down onto the court, shoot a half court shot. If you make the shot, if you win the contest, mm. you get two, what is it, courtside seats. Yeah, courtside seats at a Thunder game. It's going to be wow. so much fun. We'll take a big group picture. Go get your tickets. You can find them on my Twitter account, at Andrew K. Schlecht, or at down to dunk You can find the link for that, and it's going to be so much fun. So please join us for down to dunk Night. It's against the Nuggets. The Thunder always play good against the Nuggets. I was looking for a game. We played the, they played against the Heat last year, and I was like, oh, man. The Heat kind of crushed the Thunder. Um, how many attempts? One attempt. Last year, we had a lot of people show up, and so it was really we only had time for one attempt per person. But we still got two. I think two people made it. Two people and then made we went it. Into a yeah. Then they went into sudden death. Yeah. So it was so much fun. So join us for that. Please go buy your tickets. Um, it's through the Thunder website, but we have a direct link um, on our Twitter account. So go check that out. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Wednesday night. And we will talk to you guys again on Friday.